back to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. The Club of Rome hypes Apocalypse 2040. We got that story plus the latest oily moves on the grand chessboard. But first, while we were off for the last couple of weeks for a little bit of summer break down here in the American Southwest, we went to a music festival called the Taos Vortex. Saw Flaming Lips, Thievery Corporation, Matthew Deere, and more. I've got the wacky T-shirt to prove it. Had a great time. Got home Sunday afternoon. This would be Sunday, August 5th. And saw the news that just as I was boogieing in the dance tent over the weekend, there was a very strange bust happening just a few miles away. I seem to have a knack for being near the weird in the media monarchy kingdom. We went from the Taos Vortex to the Taos Compound. New Mexico judge cries Islamophobia in decision to free jihadi compound suspects. That is a hefty headline, so let's break this story down. Reactions have ranged from shock to disbelief at a New Mexico judge's decision to free five suspects operating a heavily armed camp where prosecutors alleged 11 malnourished children were being trained for jihad while on the FBI's radar. Despite authorities finding the decomposing body of a three-year-old boy who was reportedly killed in a ritual ceremony by his father, the son of a famous imam who claimed his seizure-stricken child would resurrect his Jesus and use his psychic powers to help the group target corrupt institutions and people with violent actions. And despite a letter from one suspect to his brother inviting him to die as a martyr, New Mexico Judge Sarah Bacchus on Monday released five alleged Muslim extremists on a $20,000 signature bond, meaning they don't have to pay it, while effectively admonishing the prosecution for Islamophobia. So this judge, Sarah Beck, has actually survived kind of a recall petition to replace her back in 2016. And again, we're only five months down here in New Mexico. So I'm trying to sort of take the crash course on strange geopolitics and the inner workings of New Mexico. But this really kind of takes the cake. New Mexico compound judge has a history of issuing low bail to violent offenders, and she's now gotten death threats, and they locked the Taos courthouse down yesterday, all of which, of course, plays perfectly into the MAGA versus Antifa summer LARP show, so that's like a bonus side mission accomplished. Some of the other stunning parts of this story, James, it's another massive headline. Man arrested at alleged child terrorist training compound in New Mexico is son of imam with possible link to 1993 World Trade Center bombing. The latest today, I saw authorities have already partially bulldozed the Taos compound, which strikes me as, you know, destroying the crime scene. And there's reports of sort of just leaving bullets and some weapons and some paperwork, including birth certificates left at the scene after the cops basically just kind of drove a bulldozer through it and, and wrecked the place. The other thing that I, I just do in the research just before we started to tape here, none of these guys have actually been released as of, as I'm talking to you right now, Wednesday, August 15th at 626 p.m. Mountain Time in Santa Fe, New Mexico. None of these guys have actually been out. There's now appeals and some battles back and forth. And James, the one thing I think I mostly want to know and am willing to put a fiver on it, how long have the feds actually known about this Taos compound? James? Well, we have some form of answer to that. Uh, I, I'll put in a link to, in the show notes to how the FBI dropped the ball on the case, talking about the development of this case and how the FBI came to know about it and all of the craziness surrounding it and the, the highly unusual procedures. Uh, it, this was They're squatting on land that is owned by a property owner who gave the FBI full permission to go and search the land. 
but so they didn't need a warrant of any kind or anything like that, but instead they sent in some kind of undercover agent to try to get information about the compound first and all this, I mean, all this craziness um, and, and irregularity surrounding this. But it's interesting you bring up the 1993 World Trade Center bombing and the possible connection there. You know who else has a connection to the, not a possible or maybe or alleged connection, but a real verifiable, provable connection to the 1993 World Trade Center bombing? Go for it. Very specifically, John Antisev of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Very specifically, yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, it, the FBI, of course. We know that they helped to instigate that plot. They helped with one of their uh, their informants to get that plot rolling. And then they pulled him out and uh, it went ahead with another guy and uh, it went ahead. And the FBI, oops, oh dear, oh, this thing that we thought we had under control didn't, we didn't have under control. Oops, we dropped the ball. And here they are dropping the ball again. So uh, the only real question here is why? Why is this being done? Why is this being set up in this way? Um, because clearly this is, again, they're breaking their own rules and, and jumping through hoops they don't need to jump through in order to uh, do this. It's almost as if they're setting it up for some kind of big for it to become this big story. I mean, it seems like this is this is a big honey trap for people. Hey, guys, look at this. Oh, the, you know, the judge is on the Muslim side. Oh, the, it's the liberals. It's Antifa. It's, it's Trump. It's blah, blah. It feeds perfectly into the current state of affairs. So it just, it gets my mind wondering about some sort of, uh, you know, 21st century update version of PatCon that's no longer uh, focusing on the the Patriot conspiracy, but now it's this Muslim versus Antifa versus Trump versus whatever they're they're trying to stir up right now. That's where my mind goes with all of this. But actually, one of the things that first made me think this was a really weird story, I mean, the thing that really stuck out to me was that uh, that tweet that you've got linked here with the uh, where they bulldozed the compound and the reporters are walking through and there's still evidence criminal evidence sitting there on the ground, birth certificates and stuff like this sitting there on the ground that they haven't even uh, touched yet. It's just total craziness. It reminds me of the 2015 San Bernardino thing where the, the press were given access to the, the home of the suspected shooters and they're trampling through the crime scene like that. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's, there's, this reeks to high heaven. So the, clearly, clearly they're setting up some sort of battle here. Well, and, I, and I'll continue to watch it. I've been covering it, in, at least in kind of small parts, every morning on my morning show. As again, it's sort of really interesting story that fell just pretty much right here in my backyard. That's how we get started here on New World Next Week, episode 349 for August 16th, 2018. Our second story takes us from the local to the global. Iran bans talks with U.S. after rollback of sanctions. U.S. threatens sanctions on Europe. The leader of Iran, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has banned holding any direct talks with the United States as tensions between the U.S. and Iran increases, with the country testing a next-generation short-range missile. But don't worry, it's not nuclear, so it doesn't breach any accords. This comes after an offer last month by America's next top president calling for talks with no preconditions with Tehran. Iran has openly rejected that call for negotiation, with its leader denouncing any talks with the U.S., President Swamp Thing recently pulled out of the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran and last week reimposed sanctions against Iran. Economic sanctions, that is. Russia and Iran responded by what? Signing deals with other nations, three other ex-Soviet nations. In short, as activist Post writes, it's a cluster bleep. As a candidate, 
you might remember Trump, while not going so far as to like sing about bombing Iran to the tune of Beach Boys songs, essentially said he would have no problem going to war with Iran. Now, James, this is kind of a, a the smaller part of a story I think you can kind of extrapolate out as, of course, all the other nations kind of, kind of come into play on the grand chessboard here. Yes, and specifically one nation that I wrote about specifically uh, as this story was first developing was uh, China and its potential role in forming some sort of China-Iran axis or whatever, whatever it's going to be labeled in the media. And of course, there are signs of that developing um, right now. Uh, Oilprice.com just had up an article, Why China Will Continue to Buy Iranian Crude, talking about how the head of the international office of CPCIF, the China Petroleum and Chemical Industry Federation, Andre Yu, said that uh, Chinese companies need the Iranian oil in any circumstances and will continue to buy it. China doesn't pay attention to the U.S. sanctions on Iran. It is a routine between Iran and China and has nothing to do with the U.S. Oil, gas, and trade shouldn't be influenced by the U.S. anymore. Very bold talk that probably wouldn't have uh, floated very well or would have been just laughed off a decade or two ago, but in the changing climate. Well, now that suddenly has uh, a little bit of bite to that bark. And uh, and it's interesting to also watch the EU and its own internal struggle with all of this, because the EU companies, the EU is basically telling companies don't d- ditch any deals because of US sanctions, but some companies are saying this is getting crazy, it's too difficult, we're going to ditch our deals. And so now they're going to have to get special authorization from the EU to stop working in Iran and things like this. So they're having this own their own internal struggle with this total craziness and chaos, which of course is part of the plan here. Um, but at, with always with the eye on the neocon prize, as always, of regime change of one form or another in Iran. That's ultimately the goal and has been for many, many, many years. And it hasn't eventuated yet, but they're continuing to hammer at it. And as I pointed out recently in my Good News This Week video, <laughs> sorry James, uh, I, uh, I did note that uh, recent polling shows that even after the incredible concerted propaganda campaign of recent months, still the ma- vast majority of uh, the public are not on board with bombing Iran yet. So we'll have to wait for whatever provocateur, false flag, straight of Hormuz, dress our U.S. boats up as Iranian PT boats move they make, whatever false flag they're planning. But at any rate, uh, for the moment, people aren't buying into the bomb, 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 bomb Iran hype. Well, and I think you'd be forgiven for thinking that the most important stories in the world don't don't have anything to do with this. If you watch just the political mainstream news here in the States, it's just – it's this like high school level. Did you have a secret tape recording of somebody saying bad words? It's just – it's it's a pretty sorry state of affairs. Again, it's, it's like a big giant reality TV show being headed up by a big – reality tv star meanwhile the real world also continues to turn uh, real world also being another reality show ha huh? see what i did there our final story on this new world next week episode of course what way to end an episode with, with the end of the world apocalypse 2040 shock as mit computer model predicts end date for civilization we grab this from express.co.uk an apocalyptic computer model processed by one of the world's largest computers in 1973, has predicted the end of civilization by 2040. The prediction came from a program nicknamed World One, 
One World, which was developed by a team of MIT researchers and processed by Australia's largest computer. It was originally devised by computer pioneer Jay Forrester. Why did he do it? Because the Club of Rome told him to do it. It's the same reason MIT is going crazy with the CRISPR chopping and editing, because DARPA is telling them to and funding them to. Sidebar. The shocking result of computer calculations showed that the level of pollution and population would cause global collapse by 2040. Australian broadcaster ABC has now republished its original report from the 1970s, which is some good kind of classic, you know, black and white must-see TV, which is included on that page on Express. A fascinating forecast shows the quality of life is expected to drop dramatically right after 2020. At this stage, around 2040 to 2050, civilized life as we know it on this planet will cease to exist. Alexander King, a British pioneer who led the Club of Rome, Express helpfully points out, also made a shocking prediction regarding national sovereignty. They just sort of bury this at the end of the article. He told ABC, sovereignty of nations is no longer absolute. There is a gradually diminishing of sovereignty, little bit by little bit, even in the big nations. This will happen. And the internet will be as useful as a fax machine. James, how many grains of salt should we take this latest expert prediction of gloom and doom with? All of them. <laughs> all of them. I mean, first of all, look at the source, Club of Rome. And I hope I don't need to elaborate too much for my regular audience. But if I do, just type Club of Rome into my search engine and find some of the work I've done on the Club of Rome and their... There are various propaganda over the years, including the limits to growth, population hype nonsense from the 70s, um, the, the overpopulation scare, which was literally wrong about everything that they predicted. But hey, they had their big celebration, their 40-year, hey, look how great we were at predicting everything wrong celebration uh, a few years ago. And uh, they were also the ones behind the, uh, uh, was the first global revolution or i can't remember the name off the top of my head but the ones where they said that climate change would fit the bill as a super convenient scare to make humanity the enemy of man i mean you can't make this stuff up this is what these globalist technocrats literally think about day and night and certainly we're in the 1970s when this first came around this is an interesting example of propaganda maybe it, is, it deserves its own uh, feature on my propaganda watch series but this is recycled propaganda it's like second-order propaganda, because this was propaganda that was created in the 1970s for the 1970s audience. As you can see, if you watch that ABC uh, report, please do watch it. It's, it's just, it's laughable, of course, from today's standards, to see this stupid, ridiculous computer printout of this graph that shows, and population will go up, and pollution will go way up, and we'll all die. <laughs> and, and it's just total, I mean, you can tell this is just total nonsense that they've just plugged some numbers into a computer, and oh look, we're all gonna die in the 2020 to 2040 range. Um, but they're kind of recycling this propaganda and bringing it back up because now we're almost at that magical 2020 year, which clearly is not going to happen. It's not going to be this this pollution is going to kill everyone, whatever. We're running out of resources that they were predicting in the 70s. But they're bringing it back and bringing it back in front of the public's face. And I don't think, I mean, it's not necessarily to say, look, this 1973 prediction was stunningly accurate. It's just to keep that apocalyptic end of the world scenario back and fresh in the public's minds and just in a different form, in a way that people might not have seen it otherwise. And if you, again, if you go and watch that report, 
every question that the interviewer is asking these Club of Rome representatives, every time they bring it back to, and national sovereignty will have to be eroded, it will have to be destroyed. This idea that states can be sovereign and aren't dependent on the world, blah, blah, blah. Everything just goes back to their globalist technocratic ideology. Surprise, surprise. So it is, I mean, it's transparent propaganda, but interesting. It's kind of like nostalgia propaganda. I don't even know what to call this. <laughs> it, it it has been said in their line of work they have to repeat themselves to catapult the propaganda that's a classic quote but it's not all apocalypse now as we wrap up this episode james as you mentioned just earlier you have that latest episode good news this week from game changing legal decisions to the turn away from zombie tech i love that you are making good news episodes just please don't start making you know daily dj sets episodes that's you're gonna really start stepping on my toes there <laughs> my truth music video is about to drop for the summer 2018 sorry <laughs> The, the annual one's good. The, the annual Truth Music show is fantastic. I also have my latest Good News Next Week episode, Town Loses Police Force, World Still Turns. And I also, of course, in the wrap-up of these episodes, I always like to remind you, I do stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Pacific Time, MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. James? Awesome. I hope people are tuning in, and I hope they'll uh, tune into CorporateReport.com as well. As uh, no, no rest for the wicked, no holidays over here, but uh, maybe things a little bit quieter during this summer doldrum. But uh, anyway, I will still be around doing videos and interviews and more, so I hope people will stay tuned. Thank you, James. Looking forward to talking to you again. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care.